Welcome to WTBU News Today. I'm Sebastian. Boston has had some good weather lately as yesterday was mostly sunny with a low of 52 degrees. Today the weather will be deliciously warm with a high of 77 and a low of 55. Enjoy one of the last warm days of the year as we go into a Game of Thrones like Bostonian winter. The rest of the week doesn't look so hot as it's going to be mostly composed of showers and mostly cloudy days. Oh well, we go on Terriers. Now we'll move on into the Boston University COVID-19 dashboard update. On October 8th, two members of the Boston University community tested positive for COVID-19. One of them was a student and the other was an employee. For the week of October 2nd to October 8th, 0.06% of tested students were deemed positive for the coronavirus, with 0% of tested faculty and 0.8% of tested staff also receiving positive test results. On average, BU's lab took 20.6 hours to process each test. Since October began, there have been unfortunately been no days with zero positive tests, which is disappointing since the last couple weeks before October had consecutive three-day stretches with zero positive tests for the first time in the fall semester. In total, 143 members of the BU community have tested positive this fall. 13 students are currently in isolation and 93 students have recovered from the disease. Elaine Backus is here now to report on BU's weekly compliance report. BU's weekly COVID-19 compliance report released Friday states that daily symptom checks and staying current with COVID-19 testing remains the biggest issue with non-compliance. This week, there were 6,979 instances of students failing to submit their daily attestation, about 2,000 less than last week. There are also 129 instances of students missing or failing to schedule their COVID-19 test. There have been 13 reports of non-compliance with face masks, two guest violations, and one report of a physical distancing concern. This week, there have been two reports of non-compliant gatherings on campus and 16 off campus. In total, 173 students have been sanctioned for non-compliance this week. This number includes one student who was removed from housing and the six students who received deferred suspension over a gathering in West Campus. The remaining 166 students had their BUID and Wi-Fi deactivated due to repeated non-compliance. In Hingham, Massachusetts, this is Elaine Bacchus for WTVU News. Joining us now is Alex Corey with a story on a professor who's taking Harvard to court. A Harvard University professor charged with hiding his ties to a Chinese-run recruitment program sued the Ivy League school on Friday over its refusal to pay his legal defense costs, accusing it of, quote, turning its back on a dedicated faculty member, end quote. Charles Lieber, the professor who was the chair of the Department of Chemistry and Chemical Biology at Harvard, was arrested in January at his office on campus and charged in federal court with lying about his involvement to China's Thousand Talents Pro Plan, an organization which was created to harvest information about the U.S. and give to China. The lawsuit accuses Harvard of breach of contract and says the school's failure to follow through will leave Lieber, who was diagnosed years ago with blood cancer and his family, impoverished. Authorities say Lieber was paid 50000 a month by the Wuhan University of Technology in China under his Thousand Talents program contract and awarded more than $1.5 million to establish a research lab at the Chinese University. And now we'll head over to Sophie Jin for an update on President Donald Trump's health. 
On Friday, President Trump decided to return to the campaign trail after the White House announced that he completed his COVID-19 treatment. Trump has released several video updates regarding his health, but he has not been seen in public since his return from Walter Reed Medical Center on Monday. Trump believes that he is no longer contagious, but there have been concerns and questions for the upcoming presidential debates. White House physician Sean Conley stated on Thursday that Trump has completed his treatment for COVID-19 as his oxygen saturation level and respiratory rate were normal. Conley further stated that he would be able to resume holding public events on Saturday. In Boston, Massachusetts, I'm Sophie Jin for WTVU News. Next, a story regarding the conflict between the Biden and Trump campaign over the next presidential debate. The Trump and Biden campaigns have been sparring the last few days over the format and date of the next presidential debate. The next debate was scheduled for next Thursday, October 15th in Miami. But the debate commission, which is a nonpartisan organization, said that they wanted to hold it virtually. President Trump's campaign manager, Bill Stepien, said that Trump would not participate in the debate and further said that there was, quote, no medical reason why the Commission on Presidential Debates should shift the debate to a virtual setting, postpone it, or otherwise alter it in any way, unquote. He also said that the debate commission should stop protecting Joe Biden from the in-person debate and carry on with the plan, which he said was established months ago, despite mixed reports about the president's health in the wake of a positive coronavirus test result. The Biden campaign responded by saying they would hold a televised town hall gathering on the same night that the debate was scheduled. Stapien proposed that the debate be pushed until October 22nd and said that it should be held in person, and also proposed that the third debate be held on October 29th. The Biden campaign, however, rejected this proposal, saying that the debate commission were the ones who could set the debate's dates and not the Trump campaign. As of now, there is still no consensus as to where or how the next presidential debate will be held. Finally, an update from Aaron Michael about an unfortunate fire in South Korea. A fire engulfed a 33-story building in Ulsan, South Korea late Thursday night. The fire department is unclear where the fire started nor what caused it. Firefighters extinguished the flames after 13 hours. Around 91 people were sent to the hospital for minor injuries from smoke inhalation and abrasions. Another 77 people were evacuated from the building, and 82 people were moved to a nearby hotel, said the country's Ministry of Interior Security. The first call about the fire was made by a resident on the 12th floor of the building. A large force of first responders was sent to the fire, including 930 firefighters and 75 other emergency responders. The fire was still burning Friday morning in the top three floors. In a Facebook post on Friday, South Korean Prime Minister Chung Se-kyun expressed his condolences to those affected and also expressed his gratitude towards emergency responders. He urged government ministries and fire prevention authorities to come up with better protection plans should an event like this occur in the future. In Rochester, New York, I'm Aaron Michael for WTBU News. That's it for this edition of WTBU News Today. Be sure to tune in to our full program every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time over on WTBU Radio. On behalf of Gabriela Lopez, Evan Jimenez, Alex Corey, Grace Ferguson, and Stella Lawrence, I'm Sebastian Jaramillo, reporting from Miami, Florida, for WTBU News.